Kevin Pankers. And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Yeah, how are you doing? I mean, I'm okay. This is the second podcast we've recorded in a row, so nothing's really changed since. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for just outing <laughs> me like that. I am feeling a little tired and emotionally drained because we've just gone through something really tough with my little baby granddaughter. Yes, she's a clefty. Born with a pretty, pretty profoundly cleft palate. Yeah. Um, and, and lip. And lip, and yeah. That affected her nose and all the things. Yeah, she had like a little, it didn't look as bad as I think it is because yeah. she had a little bit of a, a bridge of skin giving her like space between a nostril and, and her lip. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she's had, she just had her second and third surgery within a week. Yeah. And there was only supposed to be one but then there wasn't very good blood flow to one area of her surgery site so they had to get rid of that anyway um so i'm feeling a little tired yeah you were in emergency with kendall and ellie for 10 10 hours hours 10 10 Mm. hours yes it was wild so mr trudeau if you're listening to this (laughs) could you just fix the thing well you know i would (laughs) i would actually say um that is a provincial government. It's both. Thing. It's okay. both. The provinces are nagging the federal government for more health care funding. It doesn't help that the province has been cutting health care uh, no, funding it quite not. aggressively for yes. quite some time. Yes. So I would actually start with the provincial government. <laughs> okay. And I, I know a lot of our audience is probably um, more more on the politically right-leaning side than the left. But well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I don't matter, want to talk but... politics. I just want to say, could we not have yeah. to wait in emergency rooms for 10 hours yeah. as a post-surgical patient? Yeah. Anyway. For that, we need beds and we need people. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that's happened with Ellie's surgery is that she has to wear these splints on her arms. <laughs> I call them her penguin arms. And she's just started <laughs> walking and it's quite adorable because yeah. she kind of looks like a little zombie baby with yeah. her arms straight out in front yeah, of her. Yeah, they keep her arms straight so she can't get at her stitches. It's right. like the baby version of a cone for a dog. Right. Um, or even just put stuff in her mouth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babies do that Yeah, a lot. babies do that. Um, and so she's got these penguin arms on that they're so cute um she seems to deal with them relatively well like she's a pretty happy baby she is um we thought she'd be more mad about them than she is yeah she's, and she's just like oh i can't bend my arms anymore that's weird okay great. Uh, yeah, right cool it's, i can still walk so but it you know kind of reminds me of the whole you know zombie thing mm-hmm. that zombies are actually a real thing yes i'm familiar yeah vaguely so in haiti yep what happens, um, the way, where the, the legend or whatever yeah. zombies comes from, um, there are people, uh, you know, obviously people who are not uh, of high ethics, who kidnap other people. Yeah. They drug them. They mm-hmm. use a poison from the puffer fish, actually, that lowers people's metabolism to the point where their relatives think they're dead. Mm-hmm. And they actually have, like, whole 
funeral services, whatever that looks like in Haiti. I've never been, I've been to Haiti four times, but I've never been to a funeral there. Is it really four? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, once was... Um, when you were when a teenager was, or yeah. a graduate or something. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the families put them in a crypt and yep. walk away. And in Haiti, uh, like most hot countries, the funeral happens within 12 hours. Well, you gotta, yeah. Yeah. And Especially if there's not a whole lot of funding for like refrigeration facilities. Right. Yeah. And so they walk away. The family walks away, concluding their person is dead. So mm-hmm. they're never going to look for them again. Mm-hmm. Then the people who drug them come and get them mm-hmm. and take them off into the plantations to work as slaves. And they keep them drugged to the point where they can't like formulate a plan to run away. Yeah, they're addled. Um, yeah, so they kind of like are the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, but they're still alive and they can still do slave labor. So yeah. that's what an actual zombie is, folks. It's yeah, human trafficking. But I don't know how technically it is trafficking because I don't think they leave the country. But still. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, it's it's tragic. It's one of many many tragic things that goes on in Haiti. And, and what's it, your sorry? Just just so we can validate it a little bit, because I'm sure when we're living where we're living, yeah, it's really easy to be like that sounds fake. And we live in a world of fake news. What's your source? My source is Dr. Barry Sloanwhite, who used to be the president of Compassion Canada, yeah, who has made. Probably only over fifty trips to Haiti in his time, and works is very very, closely. very closely with Haitians. Yeah. So yeah, so. that is where it's I learned about that tertiary source, but mm-hmm. comes from a primary mm-hmm. source. Well, our first, uh, the first trip that um, your dad and I did to Haiti, we were with a group of about ten people who um, were all Christian influencers, and um, the first day we were there was sort of school. Mm. And he did a whole PowerPoint um, teaching session about the history of Haiti. And mm. that's that's where I learned that's that. That's one of the things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's lots of other things that go on. There's the rest of Ix, which are, are children who are supposed, uh, you know, their, their parents give them over to someone else who's going to give them, you know, a great education and yeah. they end up being slaves. Yeah. And, yeah. That's a pretty common trafficking is, scheme it around is the world. In, in a lot of developing countries, for sure. And, you know, parents are desperate. They want to give yeah. their kids the best life they can. And yeah. if you're struggling to feed your kid, that seems like a pretty good option. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I love Haiti. I've been there four times, as I said. And um, there's just something about, I've been to lots of developing countries, but there's something about Haiti that just, um, that my heart is connected. Mm-hmm. Even though half the time, two of the times I've been there, You've I nearly died. Yeah, I've nearly died there like from three separate occasions. So, yeah. yeah. Boat, earthquake. What's the other one? Yeah, so the other one was we were, it was actually right after the boat thing. Oh, great. And we were trying to get back to the hotel quickly. And our driver decided to take a shortcut through oh. City du Soleil, which is one of the worst slums in Port-au-Prince. And um, the roads are in terrible shape. Amazing. And our um, car bottomed out on this road and wouldn't start. And gang members were enclosing oh, the car. Oh, dear. I and, don't know that I've heard that story. And actually, when we got out of that situation, Barry White again, mm-hmm. who was the president at that time of Compassion Canada, said that actually we were actually in way more danger there than we were in the boat in the boat and the boat basically 
you were in a boat that probably that wasn't it was quite trying, a boat. It was trying hard to sink. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, um, but we did make it to land. It's not where we were supposed to be, but it was land. It was so land. We were, we were there, and then and then. <laughs> wow, interesting. Okay, yeah. So there's that. Anyway, um, so I want to talk. I, I will come back to Haiti in a few minutes, but I want to talk about the struggle that we all have trying to do the right thing and not being very good at it. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, have you ever tried to be a better person, a better wife, a better mother, better friend, better employee, whatever? Have you ever woken up determined that today, today, I will not lose my temper, I will not get jealous, be selfish, whatever your thing is. Today, I will be kinder, more patient, more giving and forgiving, only to blow it, like by the time you get out of the shower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, just me? Am no, I the only of course, I mean, of course I have. The, the thing that immediately comes to mind, I'm... I'm I'm doing some fun self deprogramming here because first thing that comes to mind is talking about like binge eating, um, and <laughs> eating or not eating healthily does not make me a better or worse person. So that's why you okay. got a grunt because I'm I'm busy trying to do some yeah. some dialectical behavioral I, therapy. You over know, here. I I get that, yeah. and I've got stuff like that going on in my world too. Yeah, um, you know, and I've tried to will myself to do the things that I really want to do to be yep. a better person, especially, especially a better mother. When you and Kendall were small, I really struggled with anger. And um, I read tons of books on parenting. I really wanted to get this really important job right. Should have had me first. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I would have challenged you way less. You would have felt way That's more in your element. And <laughs> in, in, in reality, I did eventually find out there was this, there's some hormonal problems that were involved. Yeah. Um, but still, it, you know, I really, really wanted to be a good mother. I really struggled to get it right. And I'd I'd read all these, you know, parenting books. And but it's so hard when the job is 24 seven. Yeah. And previous to having kids, you didn't really consider yourself a maternal type I either. really didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't at all. Just so. a weird thing to know about your mom, because I'm like, it's the only way I see you. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Because I think there are some adult children who would look at their parents yes. and say, you are not very maternal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, well, and for the record, I think Kendall got the brunt of that. My older sister for got the brunt sure, of that. For sure she did. Um, first of all, I think... I was pretty young when you were still struggling with that. Yeah. And secondly, again, I I was a pretty happy, busy kid. I don't yeah. think I got into yeah, nearly as much as she did. She challenged me way more for yeah. sure. Yeah, I was pretty easy to chill with. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so read all these books, did all this research. But knowing how to parent well, obviously, is very valuable. But good information is always helpful. But doesn't mean you're going to do it. It's not enough. Yeah. Right? I think... We all have a bigger need, a deeper need than more and better, better education can solve. Gary Thomas said this, even more than the how to, we need the heart to. Mm, like that. I like it too. And uh, I also like this. Max Lucado says, the heart of the human problem is the human heart. When we look around, it's easy to see that people's hearts are corrupted with mm -hmm. selfishness. Mm -hmm. Now, all you have to do is look at your spouse or your kids or your neighbors or, or yourself. Even, <laughs> your, yeah. For sure. Um, governments 
and countries around the world mm -hmm. to see evil. And, and one of the most troubled countries and one of the most corrupt on earth is Haiti. There's no doubt about it. And it breaks my heart because it's a country that I've spent time in and a mm -hmm. country that I love. And, and have people in. And no people in. That's yeah. right. We have friends there. It's it's um, so Haiti's history has a lot to do with the tragic state that it's in today. Oh yeah, it <sighs> historically speaking, they have seldom had a chance. No, they really haven't. It was actually the second country after the United States to free itself from colonial rule, but extricating itself from its French slave masters was very costly. Haiti was forced to pay millions of francs in exchange for France's recognition of its sovereignty. And the payments went on for generations. And you think France would do some reparations. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. France was a bit disappointing after the big earthquake. That's for sure. Mm. But the, the, these payments went on for generations, which ensured that this country that was once known as the Pearl of the Antilles and was France's richest colony would perpetually be the poorest country in the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. The, the and I think it was the desperation of poverty, as well as the lessons learned from the treachery of France that invaded every level of society from, you know, some of the, uh, the um, cultic practitioners mm -hmm. to, who, may, who literally make zombies of yeah. vulnerable people to governments and gangs and the Caribbean version of oligarchs. Haiti is a sick, sick country. Elections are swayed by violent gangs, mm -hmm. guaranteeing that corruption wins over reform every time. Every time. Yeah. There's democracy, but is there? Yeah. Uh, really, anyone who wants to clean up the corruption is simply eliminated. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, but kidnap Haiti's kidnappings and assassinations and coups don't even make the news half the time. Well, because they're all the time. I know. It's just so commonplace. Meanwhile, the vast majority of the population live on the brink of starvation. Mm -hmm. And millions of dollars in aid have poured into Haiti over many decades and, and helped to provide education and medical care and infrastructure. But no amount of money or help from the rest of the world can save Haiti from her own corruption. The hole is so deep. This is, excuse me, let me get my soapbox out for like five seconds. Sure. Colonization mm -hmm. is so cancerous mm -hmm. it and it such cannot a be undone. Yeah. And this is the combination as well of colonization and slavery. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fingerprints of, of, of slavery are all over North America, not just the States, Canada as well. Yeah. Um, but they have, because it was like largely like a, a holding pen for slaves. It was. Um, it, is, it is so much worse there. And I think it's important that we really do start to consider colonization. It can't be undone, but as bad as the slave trade was because well, even, it has caused in so many ways just as much damage and yeah slaves built really cool things that doesn't make slavery okay. a good thing yeah no kidding so good things have come from these colonies being built but that doesn't make the hole that is so deep that has been dug okay yeah. Yeah. And actually, the hole is even deeper than what we've been talking about here, because before it was used as a, 
in your words, a holding pen for slaves. Yeah. And we should also we should also rephrase in people who are enslaved, enslaved people. OK, um, but it just humanizes the indigenous them. people mm-hmm. before the enslaved people even arrived were killed off. Great. By so there's genocide the, as well. By one of the previous. And I can't remember if it was the Spanish or who it was. Uh, probably the Spanish, but yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so basically they're, you know, the indigenous people were killed, killed off. So yeah, like just evil after evil after evil. It's, yeah. Uh, and, and it's heartbreaking. But here's the thing. When I look inside my own heart, I see corruption there too. Of course. I am naturally entitled mm-hmm. and selfish and manipulative. Mm-hmm. In my lovely daughter Kevin's words on a Facebook post... Oh, come on. I was a teenager. (laughs) My mother is the most manipulative person on the planet. (laughs) And you know what? I, that is a tendency for me. I know that. I see that in my own heart. Here's an incredible quote from Alexander. uh, Oh, boy. I should have practiced this. Solzhenitsyn. That's pretty good. He said this. The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, not even political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. Agreed. Now, there are schools of thought that have held up that education is the answer to what's wrong in our hearts. But like Haiti, no amount of enlightenment or education is going to eradicate the corruption in me. I need more than the how-to. I need the heart-to. Well, and and kind of a good example of this, and this is really going into more neuroscience than spirituality, but I think it's still worth talking about. Um, one of the things that... I'm, I'm all over so- soapboxes today. One of the reasons that men historically are more likely to commit suicide, one of the reasons that men are more likely to commit domestic violence that are com- more likely to commit sexual violence, etc., etc., is because we have historically socialized men to not be emotional people, mm-hmm. to not communicate their emotions, to not verbalize what they're feeling, um, to not operate with empathy. Hmm. And basically we've trained them to be soldiers. We've, yeah, we've, we've, um, there's a lyric I really like, um, they shipped you off to teach you what a man is. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know what that means. They put a gun in t- into your hand and called you weak until you're violent. Mm-hmm. Um, don't believe them. They're angry because they're empty. Um, and and so this this idea of masculinity has become this really brutal thing that cannot be unprogrammed. Once adult men are processing that way, they can learn to undo some of that. But that programming is in there. We have mm. to teach the next generation of men to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. And that comes from things like, like quote unquote, girly play, like playing yeah. with baby dolls. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, it's at the foundation. So no matter what we teach men and, and how much men want to be better, there are parts that are programmed so deep they're only human and they can't unprogram themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's a similar idea with, with heart change. You with me on that? I think so. Keep going, though. Um, I need okay. More. <laughs> I need more um, how it's the same as heart change. Well, because it is, it is, 
it is something that is outside of our control. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. No matter how badly we want to be that person, we're asking our wiring to be changed. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's not our wiring, but it's, it's the presence of sin Mm -hmm. in, in the world that corrupts us. Yeah. And of course, sin and our wiring co-mingle, right? To equal behavior. So yeah, uh, I'm just repeating the, um, the quote, I need more than the how to, I need the heart to, right? And the Bible says it this way, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Interesting, the um, idea of sin in the Bible, that the root word for it has the idea of missing the target. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And so the this is this idea that um, God has this standard, mm-hmm. that's the target, and everybody misses it. Yep. That's what sin means. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It, 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 it brings important context. The, the writer of that biblical quote, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard, uh, also made this confession. It was the Apostle Paul. He said, my own behavior baffles me, for I find myself not doing what I really want to do, but doing what I really loathe. I often find that I have the will to do good, but not the power. That is, Mm -hmm. I don't accomplish the good I set out to do, and the evil I don't really want to do, I find I'm always doing. Mm -hmm. Yet if I do things that I don't really want to do, then it is not, I repeat, not I who do them, but the sin which has made its home within me. Mm. It is agoni- It is an agonizing situation, and who on earth can set me free from the clutches of my sinful nature? So what the Bible calls sin, falling short of God's standard, is really corruption. It's selfishness. Mm-hmm. It's our own willfulness. And I'm guessing I'm not the only one who feels like the corruption of self-interest sometimes invades their life. So we're left with the same question that Paul had, who can help us? Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, Paul doesn't just leave us hanging. Here's the next sentence in his writing. He says, I thank God there is a way way out through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I really believe that the only hope to heal our corruption is found in relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And no one else can do it for us. We we can try to do ourselves, like you were just saying. Um, But that would be a lot like Haiti trying generation after generation to pull itself up by its own bootstraps. And that doesn't mean it's not worth trying. It's not worth, it doesn't mean it's not worth putting your energy into and trying to For learn. Sure. And and I also want to make sure it's clear. I do not think that current generations of men are just a lost cause. <laughs> and like, well, that's good because you're married to one I'm of them. I'm married to one. Yeah. Some of my, some of my closest friends are men. Um, that was a joke. It didn't land. Um, <laughs> no, it really didn't. I, I think they're capable of a lot of change sure. with the appropriate support. Um, but first we have to undo damage. And hmm. and before we can even start rebuilding. But I, I okay, so you're talking about psychological healing. Yes, yes, and yes, that's yes. really important. Yeah. But I don't think it's enough. I think No, it's we, not. It's not. We need a way to root out the corruption. Yeah. We need someone or something outside of ourselves to do for us what yeah. we can't yeah. do entirely on our own. This is where my comparison of like sexism and toxic masculinity diverges. Mm-hmm. Um I just want to make that clear because I do think there are things that men can do to become allies who are in touch with their emotions and, and this, sure. that, and the other thing. Sure. I do not think there's anything we can do to, we all have the stink on us. Yeah, we. Do. that's a good way to put it. And yeah, there's always things that we can do 
on one level mm -hmm. to change. And there's no excuse for not making that effort. No. But to truly change that root corruption mm -hmm. that goes to our core, um, we need help from the outside. And, and when Jesus lived on this earth, he said these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father except through me. And I just really believe that only Jesus can make a way for us to know God and overcome that corruption inside of us. Mm -hmm. Really, the, we sometimes hear the, the, the term the good news or the gospel, which is what yeah. good news means. Oh. Um, isn't that we can somehow find God? It's that it's God, still good news. Like, that's good. But. Sure, but it's the, the good, the great news is that God came searching for us, yeah. that God wants to have a relationship with us. And that's why Jesus was born into the human race, mm -hmm. not to judge us, but to rescue us from ourselves. Mm -hmm. The God who entered humanity in Jesus Christ offers us forgiveness from all our corruption, what the Bible calls sin. He also gives us his power through his Holy Spirit who resides in us if we invite him to. Mm -hmm. He enables us to bring into our lives and relationships our best selves, mm -hmm. the person that God created us to be with his power over corruption at work in our hearts. So instead of being motivated by selfishness just to get our own needs met, to get what we want, we can operate out of love to meet each other's needs, yeah. other, other people's needs, maybe even people we don't know. Imagine what a beautiful world it would be if everyone was doing that. And I will say... Honestly, um, shifting your focus to care about other people is salve for so many things. It is. I found such freedom from jealousy. It doesn't go away, but it sure helps when I decide, no, I, I choose to aggressively love and care about this person. And celebrate someone else's accomplishments. And, and be proud of them and mentally take them under my wing and feel mm -hmm. like I can protect them rather than be jealous of them. Because um, then my energy is just somewhere else. If I am really struggling with some things, you know what helps? Helping other people with their things. Mm. Um, it, does it solve my problem? No, no, it doesn't. I'm still a, a pretty mentally ill person, <laughs> but there is relief there. Mm. Um, there is, there is, it, it's kind of like <laughs> some, some of the pain relief um, devices that basically send like a busy signal to your right. nerves. Yes. You're still in pain. You just don't notice. Right. Um, it, that's selflessness can be so soothing. It can be this spiritual aloe, um, mm. an emotional aloe for, for <laughs> whatever ails you. <laughs> I, I, and I don't know about you, but I, I just feel like I'm not even capable of that to a very great degree without the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Oh, yeah. It's a choice. And then it's a choice that you also have to ask for help with. Yeah. Yeah. God's unconditional acceptance and forgiveness can change our hearts. Mm -hmm. And over time, that affects not only our relationship with God, but with everyone in our lives, right? That's where that generosity and that care for other mm -hmm. people really comes from, uh, whether it's our families or everyone around us. Most people understand, I think, that inviting Jesus into our lives will give us a different future, mm -hmm. eternal life, right? Heaven, whatever, whatever we understand that to be. But Jesus also gives us a different present. And the Bible calls that the abundant life. It's a generous life. Mm -hmm. So 
I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, to think if someone suggested you listen to that pop, this podcast, that person is probably a good person to ask about how to have a personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And if you somehow stumbled on listening by accident and know, don't know who to talk to, just message me, Donna Carter, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to invite you to subscribe to this show on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. And you can listen anytime using the MyJoyRadio app. That is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 